Welcome to your weekly coaching session from Church Media HQ, designed to teach you a new concept, provide creative insight, and maybe even help you avoid a mistake, all so that you can achieve excellence in your media and marketing. Now, if you find this content helpful, then help out someone else by taking a moment to share it with another leader or creative like yourself. This episode is brought to you by our web services from Church Media HQ. Of course, this coaching series is all about improving your church online experience. And while I hope this content gives you the knowledge you need to do just that, my team and I would love to take it to the next level and actually provide your church with an all new website. And of course, there's no risk to you because we actually start the design of your website for free. You only pay if you like what you see. And when you're ready to launch your new website, you could start for less than $15 a month when you use the code WEBUPGRADE at signup. This is not just some do-it-yourself web platform where you pay us for the privilege to build your website by yourself. No, our team does all the heavy lifting by setting up and supporting your website. Get us started on your new website for free today at churchmediahq.com slash web and use promo code WEBUPGRADE when you're ready to launch and save 25% off your first year. That's churchmediahq.com slash web. In this episode, we continue our controversial coaching series about an unconventional approach to church online. I'm your host, Luke Clayton, and welcome to Church Media HQ. Phase one is all about simply making your making sure rather that your church has an online presence. And while actually being online uh, has uh, and actually being present online is a big deal, what you are communicating online is actually an even bigger deal. So, for example, if you're a pastor and you simply stood behind your pulpit every Sunday and just stood there and said nothing, well, you're definitely not going to call that preaching. It's not going to benefit anybody. You're just there. You're present, yes, but what are you doing? Well, nothing. Well, being present online is not enough. You can have your social media and all of that claimed and Google and all of that, and then your web domain, all that's great, but being present is not going to cut it. So now you've got to provide value and communicate effectively through these digital channels. Now, there's a lot that could be said here about social media, uh, but we're actually going to focus on your website itself for sake of this series. So the underlying philosophy and mindset of phase two is to remember that the main goal of your church's website is to make personal connections with people. You may not be able to broadcast that high-end professional production of your worship service, but you most certainly can offer a personal touch. You can make it easy and as streamlined as possible for your digital community connect, to connect with you by sending a message or giving you a call. People that feel hopeless or are spiritually curious, well, they're going to be most helped by the church that is available to personally connect with them. And I'll stop and make a side note here. You know, we talk about the big mega churches out there, and a lot of people want to credit their success 
to the flashy stuff that they do, the cool media, the 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 robust worship production and live stream and all of that stuff. And they say, well, that's the only reason they're successful. But actually, if you study out really virtually all of what you're thinking are the big churches out there, they actually, it's reversed. You know, you don't, don't be led to believe that just because they are able to do all of this, that therefore they are reaching more people. No, they have learned how to personally reach people. I mean, like I've studied a lot of these. I'm thinking, I mentioned Life Church earlier and some of these. I mean, I, I've done some studies on these and looked at these. What are they doing? They are really doing a great job of making personal connections with those who come to their church. They're prioritizing that above everything else. And then, yes, uh, subsequently, years and years later, after they've personally connected with enough people to uh, grow their church, they're able to afford the big broadcast equipment. But it's very important that you don't get these things mixed up. Uh, don't don't put the, uh, the egg before the chicken, if you will. It's not about, it's not the results of making personal connections was not a result necessarily of their ability to have high-end production. No, their ability to afford the high-end production became as a result because they mastered personally connecting with people. And your website could be that gateway to make the connections that people out there looking for hope, looking for help, so desperately need. Now, again, we do have an entire series dedicated to the best practices for your website specifically. That's Rethink Your Website. You can go watch that if you want a more in-depth, uh, you know, talking about that more. But I'm going to just highlight uh, just a few key components of your church's website right here. The first is you got to shift your paradigm to the mindset that your website is for those who have never been to your church. While those who are already a part of your church will interact with your website, uh, your church's site exists to reach outsiders, not those already in your church. I have worked with many churches on their websites over the years, and this is something that can be really hard to get people to understand. You know, I was working with one church leader in particular, and he wanted all of this information about every little thing and activity and event and program they had going on at their church. And while some of that was relevant to an outsider, much of it was not. He really wanted to make the website all about those already connected with his church. Ultimately, we weren't able to work together because we just could not see eye to eye on the purpose of a website, and that is to reach those who have never been to your church before. Now, another thing to remember is that your website, your website should look good. Churches are infamous for having ugly websites with outdated design. Again, this is slowly improving, but there are still countless uh, hideous church websites out there. If this is you, you know who you are, no more ugly websites, your church, and quite honestly, your Jesus is worth much more. Let's represent him well. Now, the third thing you need to consider here uh, when it comes to your website is that you want to place uh, most of your effort into optimizing the homepage. 95% of web visitors never make it past the homepage of a website. So you're going to want to make sure that it looks good and all of the essential details are on your homepage. I am truly floored. Like I just saw a website yesterday uh, that didn't have this. I'm, I'm floored at how many websites make it very hard to find their service times and locations. I kid you not. I was on a website yesterday. I looked everywhere 
beyond the homepage on every page. I could not find their service times. And this is a huge mistake. When people are coming to your website, if they are interested in attending your church, they care about two things. What time are your services? And then where are you located? That is at the core of what they're looking for above kids ministries and preaching series and, you know, all of this other stuff, what you believe, whatever. All of that is secondary, really, because they care about when and where. And so many churches miss that. Now, issue I found with the uh, do-it-yourself web builders, again, Squarespace, Wix, is that these platforms tend to prompt you to simply build more and more pages, which can actually derail you from including the important info on your homepage. So don't get hung up on the extra web pages. Remember, they are truly the 5%. The homepage hosts 95% of your church's website traffic, if not more. So we need to focus on it first. For many churches out there, a one-page website, as crazy as it sounds, is going to be more than sufficient. Now, real quick, I'd like to do a quick callback to email marketing right here and give you a simple way that you can start to capture some of those email addresses from your homepage. So uh, we have this, we build this into all of our uh, Church Media HQ websites, but if you want to replicate some version of it, go for it. So I, I don't know of a church out there that doesn't offer some type of free gift when to guests when they come. It might be a gift card or a, a mug or a gift bag or, or something like that, you know, that you offer to first-time guests. A lot of times you, uh, it goes, hey, you fill out a, a communication card, you bring that to us, we'll give you a gift. I mean, I, mean, I, I have not run across a church that doesn't do some version of that. And so what we do is we place a, a few different calls to action throughout your homepage, throughout your website that offer guests the opportunity to claim or reserve their gift. So for example, when they see the claim your gift button, they click it and then a simple form pops up with a name and email field that says, hey, we've got a gift for you. Just give us your contact information and we will reserve it, set it aside for you and have it ready for you when you get there. They fill it out, you get an email letting them know that they have uh, essentially claimed, claimed their gift. And now what you can do is you can begin that follow-up process with that potential guest at your church before they ever set foot in the door. See, many times we aren't able to do anything in terms of follow-up until they attend and they fill out the communication card. Well, with this, you have the ability to start that right away. And so uh, this is an awesome way. Now, something I will say too, there's this plan your visit form kind of a, a mentality or a, I don't know, a, a, wave, I should say, that's come out in recent years where you go through and, you know, you give your name and your info, you say how many kids you have, you tell them which service you're coming to and all of this good stuff. And I'll be honest with you, those are cool. But many times those are asking for way too much information. All you want is a name and email. Name and email is all you need. And then after you have that, now you can start contacting them. And now you can start to maybe learn a little bit more about their, uh, you know, what they, uh, their, their, their kids and if they plan on coming and what time they plan on coming and all of to your church and all of that good stuff. And so all that to say, let's not get hung up on all asking too many questions. And if you are able to integrate this claim your gift or simplified plan your visit form into your website, go for it. And as I said before, this is integrated into every Church Media HQ site, every site that we build. In fact, it is core and, and, and just crucial to the way that the site is designed to operate. Uh, but again, if you can implement on the near, onto this onto your site, uh, this allows you to start that digital relationship with someone long before they ever set foot on your physical campus. Now, the last thing to consider when it comes to your website 
that we're going to talk about right here is uh, don't get hung up on the bells and whistles. So a lot of times I've seen church leaders allow secondary features to become a driving factor of what they want on their website. Uh, perhaps one of the greatest distractions here is actually sermon players. So here's the thing you see, again, a lot of times this comes from looking at the bigger churches that have the resources to hire a, uh, you know, some type of um, web developer. They have the ability to, you know, maybe, uh, you know, pay somebody uh, either full time or contract them out to come in and, and build, you know, these, these advanced functioning websites that have these integrated server players. And then there's other services out there that offer this, I believe Subsplash is one of them, where you can have this cool integrated website, you know, sermon player in your website. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with it, but I, I, there's something that I think we so often miss here when it comes to all of, again, these bells and whistles. So the sermon player is cool, but why aren't we just pointing people to our YouTube channel or our podcast feed directly? And think about YouTube in particular. This is a interface that people are already familiar with. They already know how to navigate YouTube. Everybody knows how to use YouTube on their desktop, on their phone. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter what environment they know how to use YouTube. And when we say, well, here, we'll use our sermon portal, while most of them are pretty cut and dry and straightforward, there is still the learning curve, as small as it may be, is there. And it is potentially creating a barrier between the online visitor and you, and, or, and them rather, interacting with your sermon content. It's crazy how the human mind works, but if there is one very small obstacle, especially when it comes to interacting and engaging digitally. If there's one small obstacle, it's amazing how we uh, will just not do it. I mean, how many times, like I, I think of something I see here. One time, I, like occasionally I'll get an email and for whatever reason, the link that they sent doesn't hyperlink. And it says, copy and paste this URL into your web browser. I'm not doing that. That requires me to highlight, copy and paste. I mean, that takes it a whole extra three seconds. We've all been there. We all are just really, I guess, call it lazy when it comes to our digital interaction in particular. And so when we say, hey, come to our, our website, and while this isn't always the case, when we say come to the website, oh, go through our fancy sermon player to figure out you know, what you wanna watch, what you wanna listen to, they've gotta, even though it may take a brief moment, they've got to figure out, they've gotta kinda learn how to navigate that. Whereas when you push them to YouTube, for example, well, they know how to use YouTube right away. So why are we making them learn how to navigate this whole new sermon portal when we have the most organic way to interact uh, is, is just built into their muscle memory by using YouTube and we could just be sending them there. Same thing with podcasts. We could send them directly to Apple Podcasts where our sermons are. And most of them, uh, yeah, if they're listening to podcasts, they know how to use that. So this is an example of kind of one of those distracting features. Another, uh, another uh, other of these uh, bells and whistles that kind of distract us, it's things like blogs. I mean, look, let's be honest. Everybody, 99% uh, of people who've started a blog posted like twice and then that was it. Uh, and so I get these, I've had before these churches, oh man, I really want to blog. And it's like, yeah, why? So that you can not use it. So blogs, they're really not necessary. Post your content on Facebook again, put it on, or put it on social media. That's where people are, are already anyways. Don't have, don't send them to your website and don't lock yourself into having to update a blog. Uh, and then, you know, things like member login portals. I mean, yeah, there's CMS, you know, church management systems that you can maybe link to, but you know, having this built into your website, it's completely 
completely unnecessary. And uh, mobile apps, don't even get me started on mobile apps. They are so, first of all, expensive, resource intensive to build, to manage. Uh, and really they're just not worth it. So again, I, I digress there. I'm not going to go on, but just don't get distracted uh, by this because the chances that you truly need any of the features that I just mentioned, uh, that, that you actually need them, it's pretty low. And in many cases, they're not particularly effective. And in a lot of cases, they can do more harm than good. Again, if you don't keep up a blog, for example, then you, when someone comes to your website and they see the last time you posted was in 2015, you're going to lose a lot of credibility right there. And so a lot of times, uh, this, these features, they can be more distracting and do more harm than good. So this is the second phase. It's pretty simple to implement and it's a significant step towards improving your church's online experience. Now, next we're going to look at phase three, which involves getting your sermon content online. And that's where we'll pick it up next time. But if you'd rather not wait until the next episode, you can actually access this entire coaching series as well as additional bonus content for free right now. Simply text your email, that's just your email address and nothing else, to 615-900-4461. There's no need to wait another week for the next episode. Get instant access to this entire coaching series plus bonus content for free by texting your email to 615-900-4461. Text your email address to 615-900-4461 and we will send you this additional bonus content as well as the full series. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode and until next time, stay innovative, keep dreaming and don't ever stop creating. Oh, 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 oh